Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Thank you. We're so honored to have you both on. Uh, Pastor Vlad is in Washington right now. He has a team that is actually including his wife who is in Poland that's working on the border. They're, it's three in the morning or it's four in the morning for them guys. So I just want you guys to keep that in mind. Pastor Henry, I want to honor you for being on. I know it's four in the morning. We thank you. We honor you. I just want to tell you at any point, if you have to get go or go do something, please, I know you're right there in the Capitol. So I just want to say, I really, really honor you. I appreciate you being on. I know there's a lot of stuff going on right now. It's a very busy time and so i just want to honor you with that and say thank you so much for being on well thank you for having me it's a great uh, honor for me and right here in kiev now it's it's a very tense and tense place to be so it's thank you for having me to share this information today Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Henry. I would like to say as well, and then Vlad, if you wanted to say anything to start out, I would love for Pastor Henry. I know there's a lot of new people watching, uh, new to our ministry, new to your ministry. Pastor Henry, if you would just give maybe your background, your story, how you got into ministry. I know you're originally from Africa, maybe how you came from Africa to you're now in the capital of Ukraine. If you want to just share that, that'd be awesome. Well, many years ago, I, uh, I, I loved things like mathematics, physics, and chemistry. And so I really wanted to be an engineer. And I came to the Soviet Union, USSR, to study aeronautical engineering. And that was in 1986, just after Chernobyl. And so I did graduate. I did my master's in aeronautical engineering here in Kiev. And I'm originally from Zimbabwe. That's a small little tiny nation uh, in Southern Africa. And... When I came here, I was already a preacher. So I used to preach to students and then preach to churches. And then we began to do some little uh, crusades then in the 80s, praying for the sick, getting the sick healed. And then the Lord spoke to me that I needed to start a ministry. And that was in in 1990. I was very much against it. I didn't want to do that. Uh, Africa and Ukraine are not always compatible in many ways. Mm. So I wasn't very much for that idea. But eventually the Lord convinced me. And the end of 1992 in December, we launched our ministry, the Victory Church. And now we have spread all over Ukraine and beyond. We have churches almost in every major city and in smaller towns, almost 150 of them. And then we have some churches in Poland, in other places as well. In India, we have a church and we have some in Russia. So we do, the ministry has grown and beyond the ministry of the church, I have another ministry, which I call Christ for All Cities and that I used to do crusades all over the world. I've wow. worked a lot in Thailand. I do a lot of crusades and conferences in Thailand, Pakistan, India, uh, Eastern Europe, Poland. I've done so many things in Slovakia. So we are all over the place, and that's the calling the Lord gave me. 
So powerful. And you guys are not just, I know a lot of times people think, oh, a church or a pastor, but you guys are doing supernatural ministry. You guys are casting out demons. You guys are healing the sick. I mean, guys, we're talking about revival ministry, the power of God, revival happening. Talk a little bit about that, your journey. Even I know you started out casting out demons and doing deliverance. And how was that in Ukraine? And, uh, and I guess in, in uh, I don't know if you were in Russia, but the different areas you were at, how was the deliverance aspect and that revival aspect when you first when you first came over there? Well, originally, I told uh, Pastor Vlad once that I used most of my ministry was deliverance. And that's wow. what that wasn't on purpose. It was something that happened without me planning on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to be a mathematics teacher in Africa. And when I, uh, I used to have a small group of students that I used to lead in a school, they called them Scripture Union. And I didn't know how to preach. And I would invite young people to come and preach to my kids. And one day, one of the preachers didn't show up. And I'd fasted and prayed for this guy. And he didn't show up. So I had to preach my first message, which was five minutes. I mean, five minutes from Genesis to Revelation. And there was nothing else to speak about. I mean, I exhausted the Bible in five minutes. So I didn't know what to do. So I'd say to the guys, let's pray and this is my first meeting where I'm preaching and we started praying. So we shut, we closed our eyes and I'm praying. And then I hear these sounds of people falling. Mm -hmm. You know, I open one eye, I'm looking around and there were about five or seven students lying on the floor. And I was trying to think, what is that? I'd never seen that in any church or anywhere. So I, I tried to approach one of them, it was a little girl. So I'm saying to the girl, are you okay? And then she answered me in a male voice. Wow. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, what is this? And one of the guys told me, he said, Mr. Madava, this is what we call a demon. <laughs> so that's how that ministry was birthed. And then I started casting out the demons. At the beginning, I wasn't very successful at it. I remember I cast about seven of them and one, I couldn't cast out one for some reason. I have no mm. idea why. So what we did was I carried this young girl on our shoulders. So we went to a church close by. It was an Assemblies of God church. So I thought, well, the pastor should be Springfield. He should take care of this. So I come to this church and the pastor tried to cast out the demon. He could not. And so he invited one of his deacons from home. And this guy, this guy comes in and he didn't look very well kept. I mean, he was, uh, I thought he was, he must have come, I, maybe he was asleep or something. Because there was so much smell of fish from him and all kinds of stuff. And I judged him for the way he looked, not mm. knowing this guy had buried his wife six months before. Oh, wow. And he was frying fish for his children before he came. Wow. So anyway, uh, he said, Pastor, why did you call me? So the pastor said, we can't cast out this demon. And this was so important for me because it helped me quite a lot. He said, ah, okay. So he looked at his watch. He says, demon, I give you five seconds to live in Jesus name. So he says one, two, when he said three, the demon was gone. Wow. I said, wow, I've never seen this before. So I was, I said, can we go together as you go home? So I was asking him, how did you do that? He said, you know what, Mr. Madava, if you want to do what I just did, the key is be a friend of God. Mm, if you wow. be a friend of God, you will not only do this, but even more. Mm. 
So that's how my ministry was birthed in 1986. That's a long time ago. (laughs) Wow. So So powerful. Eventually, I came to the Soviet Union. And when I came to the Soviet Union, the only ministry I knew was deliverance. I didn't know any healing or any other stuff then. I was just in the deliverance. And gradually, the Lord began to help me to use the deliverance ministry, use the same principles in the healing of the sick, Mm. in opening blind eyes. And that's how now it's my ministry is more like a combination of everything. Mm. So uh, I I call that whatever the need is, that's (laughs) what we have. (laughs) We used to feed people. And I remember we had our chickens, uh, people were eating chicken. And they, they, they called me, they say, Pastor, we don't have enough chicken. I said, please put your hand inside the chicken, wash them before you do that. And they put their hands, we prayed, and the chicken multiplied. So wherever wow. the need is, that's Come where on. what God, the supernatural, it manifests to help and solve the, the problem. So, so good. And you guys have also seen the dead raised as well in your crusades, in your church. Would you share a little bit on that as well? I know, listen, I know there's people in the chat. Guys, you got to understand, we're talking about stuff from the Bible. We're not talking about lukewarm, watered down American Christianity. This is stuff happening that happened in the Bible is happening today. Talk a little bit about that, Pastor Henry, some of the resurrections you guys have seen. Our first resurrection was very funny because we had started the church and the church was when we started, we were about 200 people. And in six months, we grew from 200 to 30 people. Wow. That's negative growth. <laughs> so we lost 170 people. So we had come to a point where I wanted to give up. And the Lord told me, use what you have. So I said, what do I have? He said, he gave me three things. Number one, pray for the sick. Mm. Number two, teach the Bible systematically. And number three, he said, simplify so that everybody can understand what you're doing. Mm. So I came to the church, I announced to the church, we are going to do a healing meeting in two weeks time. So we prayed and fasted. So I say the victory church was so disobedient. They didn't bring the sick, they brought the dying. (laughs) (laughs) They were so sick to the point they were going to die. And one lady died in uh, my first healing service, a lady died. Now, in the Soviet Union, they had this, uh, they used to say that believers sacrifice people. It was a communistic propaganda that if you go to church, they will sacrifice you. So this lady dies in my first service, a healing service. And so the ushers, they send me a note, pastor, a lady just died. What do we do? So I'm praying, I'm preaching and I'm thinking, I don't even remember what I preached about because I was so busy trying to figure out how to come out of this. So 40 minutes later, the usher sent me a note and say, Pastor, since you kept preaching, we prayed for this lady and she's risen from the dead. She's alive. And wow. that was our first resurrection in our first healing meeting done by the ushers. Wow, that wow. is a way to start. That is so powerful, Pastor. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I don't know, Vlad, if you want to say anything here. I wanted you, if you if you would, Pastor, there's a lot of people watching. I hate to even bring this up and even say this, but this is the reality. In America, there's many people that don't trust the media, right? They don't trust the news. Mm-hmm. Would you, you're right there on the ground, you're in Ukraine. Would you share a bit of the history between Russia and Ukraine? 
What is this war about? Why is Russia invading? Why have they why have they launched this war um, on Ukraine? Maybe some of the background between this conflict for those that are new that are just clueless and they say, oh, I've only heard from the media and some of them, they won't watch media. So would you just share with us mm -hmm. a bit about the history of Russia and Ukraine? Well, what's happening in Ukraine is very painful. It's so painful to the point that, uh, I mean, in your wildest dreams, we never thought this mm. could happen. Uh, people are dying for no particular reason. Cities are being erased to the ground. I mean, they bombed Kharkov to the point that you cannot recognize Kharkov. And uh, I mean, it's so terrible. Sumi, it's so terrible. So Russia and Ukraine, if you know the history of the Slavic people, uh, uh, part of the history concerns Ukraine and Russia. Originally, the original uh, people from where the Russians and the Ukrainians came from, they used to live in Kiev. Well, mm. Kiev is named Kiev from uh, the oldest brother of a family. His name was Kiev. And so when you say a key city, it's Kiev. Wow. So it was his city as the older brother. Mm -hmm. So this key and his brothers they founded this place called kiev and the great one of the greatest kings they called them czars that was here his name was uh he, he, he was the father of what we call modern russia and modern ukraine but he was in kiev so yaroslav mudri yaroslav the the wise they call him he had sons and so he was based in kiev and then he sent out his sons to different places to found other, to start cities. Mm. But he left his oldest son in Kiev here. Uh, and that's, they called that empire Kievsky Rus, which is Kievian Rus, not Russia. Russia wasn't there then, it was a name Rus. So then the father died and he had these sons, the oldest being in Kiev. One of the sons who went to the place called Moscovia, which is now Moscow, became much stronger than the older brother who stayed in Kiev. And eventually he conquered the brothers. But originally the center was in Kiev. So there was always this fight between who is, the, who is in charge, the mm -hmm. Moscow guy or the Kiev guy. These were brothers then. So eventually the one in Moscow, it wasn't Russia, it was just Moscow, because Rus was here in Kiev. Eventually, in the tug of war, people began to play with history, and they renamed themselves Russians. And so Kievsky Rus, people began to say it's actually in Russia, which it wasn't there before. So the name Russia came up, and they linked with the Rus. So then the Ukrainian historians changed, they had to change their name because their name had been abducted into Ukraine. So that tug of war has always been. So Ukraine has been part of the Russian empire and not part of it. They've been part of the Polish empire, the Austrian-Hungarian empire and the Russian empire. Even the Swedes came here one time. Wow. So they've always been trying to, uh, to run away from the domination of Russia for a long time. So eventually the Soviet Union came along and it took everybody in. And Ukraine was there as part of the Soviet Union. But 
as far as Russia is concerned, and when you say, I'm simplifying things as much as I can. And so when Russia came along and then President Putin came along. So President Putin, he, he never believed in the existence of a country called Ukraine. Wow. To him, it's a country that's non-existent. So he thinks it's supposed to be part of Russia. Uh, so as a result, I think he was waiting for an opportunity to eventually somehow engulf this country. So there's a very big difference between Russians and Ukrainians. Ukrainians are very free. That's mm-hmm. why you, you see that democratic approach and all the revolutions, people coming out, uh, and Russians are not that free. So you find when you are a leader in Russia, you have an easier job because the people are, they tend to submit very quickly to the authorities. Mm. While in Ukraine, people tend not to submit (laughs) and they still have their free will. They want to express it. So there is a very big difference between the two people. So this conflict has been, I mean, boiling along for many, many years. Culturally, Russia's culture was born in Ukraine, but it was then Kiev and Rus. They are Orthodox Russian Orthodox Church. Their main cathedrals are in Kiev, not in Russia. So if the founder of Moscow is buried in Kiev, he's not buried in Moscow. Wow. So culturally, they are very linked together and religiously as well. So anyway, after the Soviet Union, which Ukraine was one of the facilitators to disintegrate the Soviet Union, and I think President Putin being an, a KGB officer, they did not like the separation between Russia, Ukraine, and the, other, and the other republics. So I think it has been a dream to bring them back together. So that's where the whole thing comes from. Uh, so, and it boiled into war, but also the hatred thing. There's an element of personal, as far as President Putin is concerned, and then there's the element of the nation looking at Ukraine also. So those two elements have been playing this thing and somehow Russia tries to pull Ukraine back because Ukraine now, I think they were trying to get protected. If you know that in 1995, there was this memorandum that was signed in Budapest Mm -hmm. where Ukraine was supposed to forfeit all their nuclear arsenal Mm -hmm. in exchange for protection from Russia, the United Kingdom and United States of America. So they forfeited their nuclear weapons. And one of the countries that was supposed to guarantee their security then attacks them. And so the other two didn't know what to do. And that's the dilemma until today, that Ukraine is standing on its own. Nobody knows how to react to this. So, and it's very painful because so many people are dying. I mean, children. Mm -hmm. One guy just died two days ago. He was part of our church. He went to Sumi. He got married there and he was evacuating people from Sumi. And he and other passengers in the car, their car was blown up and they just died on the spot. And this is a very good guy. He's not a soldier. He's just evacuating people. He has three children now that are left behind and he just died. And many stories like that. So it's very painful. I think it's going to take some time for people to heal from this after the war because it's so painful. People are seeing so many deaths that are needless for no particular reason. 
So sad. And I've seen there's a lot of war crimes happening. I know today I was watching on a thread and they were saying, is there been war crimes? And it's and your president was saying, yes, it's undeniable. There's been countless war crimes, you know, attacks on nuclear plants, attacks on schools, attacks on hospitals, which if you guys are watching the live right now, don't know, according to the Geneva Convention, there's rules to war. So you can't attack schools, hospitals, civilians, ambulances, press, you know, there's all these rules, nuclear plant, they attacked the nuclear power plant, which is the largest in Europe. Um, these, this stuff is really happening. Pastor, I wanted to just touch on this. There's some in the chat that say, this is all fake news, Not, nothing's really happening. Now you're right there on the ground in the Capitol. What, is, what does it look like on the streets? Is there a curfew going? Just tell us a little bit about the life right now that you're living, maybe your wife, if you have any kids, what's going on with them? Just some of the, from someone on the ground, what's life look like right now? Kiev is uh, under heavy restrictions now because that's their main target. Mm. Uh, so they have a curfew in Kiev. Uh, you are allowed to go out in the streets from eight to eight. So from eight in the morning, you go, you can go out and to eight in the evening. There's very little you can do outside. Uh, people try to run to the shops to buy whatever they can. You have to stand in line sometimes for three, four hours. And most of the shops are empty. There's nothing to buy because wow. uh, the logistics are cut. I mean, nothing is coming in to Kiev. So when bread comes to a shop, people tell one another and they run from everywhere to come and buy bread. So anyway, those are the restrictions. In some cities, it's even worse because the curfew is 24 hours. Because like in Mariupol right now, it's so difficult. They are trying to evacuate people from Mariupol. They are trying to evacuate people from Kherson. And there have been fightings in, in Nikolaev. So in Kiev, mainly uh, the Russian rockets have been hitting in different places. Mostly they were hitting army bases, but also uh, high rises where people live. Mm. Uh, there have been so many deaths in Kiev because of those rockets. And then the bombs, the bombs they have, they are not controlled. You just drop it. I mean, wherever wow. it drops, that's where it drops. So people, so many people have died. The suburbs around Kiev, some of them have disappeared. We do have church members in Baradyanki, a place called Baradyanki, close to Kiev. I mean, the whole thing is almost non-existent anymore as a, as a little city, as a little town. Irpien, we have so many people, even from our church, who are still trapped and they can't come out. In Bucha, some of our people wrote from in, they've been captured by the Russian soldiers and they were using, they are being used as human shields. In other words, the only way to kill their Russian soldiers would be to kill these people as well. So, and these are real people that I know from the church. Mm. And these are young families. Some parents who did not want to evacuate, who are still in the places, they, they've been, there's no electricity, no water, nothing. So the people are trying to look for their parents. Irpen is a very well-known place. There was so much real estate going on in that area in the last few years, and it has been destroyed completely. So it's so painful to the point that people who have run away from Kiev, maybe half of the city has run away from Kiev to Western Ukraine, because Western Ukraine is closer to Slovakia, Romania, and to Poland and Hungary. 
And that's where most of the people have gone to Western Ukraine. But some have gone on to cross the borders, mainly through the Polish-Ukrainian border, but some have gone through Romania, some through Slovakia, and some through Hungary. So some are in Western Ukraine and some have crossed the borders. We are so thankful for the Polish people. They have been like brothers. Mm. They helped the Ukrainians so much. The government of Poland, they set up hotels. I mean, they are giving people food. They are helping people. We never knew that the Polish people would be so close to us and so helpful. And we pray that whatever revival comes to Ukraine, it should hit Poland as well. Mm -hmm. So we are so thankful. And the United Kingdom has been so helpful, the United States of America and Poland and other countries as well. Germany is now coming in very strongly. We are so thankful. So that's the terrible situation that there is. So we are setting up like we had to help our people in Western Ukraine. You know, they ran away and now their money is running out. So we have set up a, uh, a fund and Pastor Vlad helped us a bit as well. We, are set, we set up a fund where we are helping the people who ran away to Western Ukraine and now they have no food, they have no shelter. So we have to help them. The people who are crossing the borders, there are many international groups like Pastor Vlad and other groups like I work in Europe, many, many that are helping from that side. So we instead are helping the ones that are staying in Western Ukraine and also in Kiev. We, have, we took six, about seven warehouses in Kiev at the moment and we are distributing, we are starting to distribute sometime in two days within Kiev. It's not very safe in Kiev, but some people, they either die from the shelling or they die from hunger. So if we can solve the hunger part, that will help them to be stronger at least. If anything else happens, then well, so that's what the situation is like. It's pretty tough and pretty rugged. And I mean, it's so difficult. That's that's the reality. Wow, Vlad, give us some of your thoughts on it. Uh, I know you were born, if, if I'm right, Vlad, in Ukraine, and your wife was born in Russia. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit, Vlad, about the Ukraines and the Russians. From my understanding, I don't know if this is safe to say, you can correct me, this is really Putin's war, not Russia's war. It seems like it's Putin versus Ukraine, because I've seen a lot of people that I um, know of from churches I preach at that are Slavic churches, Russian churches, that are like, I have family there that are against this war. The Russian people at large don't want to be at war with their brothers in Ukraine, many of them say. So tell us, Vlad, a little bit about the, the conflict between the Russian people and the Ukrainian people and like what's really going on with that. Well, first, uh, uh, thank you, Pastor Henry. Uh, I really enjoy listening. I'm like so soaking good. in and this is also uh, really just, um, it's, it's very painful um, in what he's sharing right now, being there on the ground. And for those of you maybe that are trolls and or you're just like, oh, this is all fake or, you know, the photos of uh, Zelensky, you know, being in the war is like 20 or five, six years old and everything. And I don't know about the photos, but I mean, you heard from somebody on the ground that there is a real, yep. real war that is taking place and people are being killed for absolutely no reason. Yep. Um, I grew up in the western uh, part of Ukraine. Uh, my family immigrated at the age of when I was 13. So that's 1999, December 6th. And I came to the United States. 
my wife, she came from Moscow, uh, but she came at the age of 20. So that was about uh, some t uh, 10, 15 years ago that she came from Moscow. And predominantly, uh, over generally, Russian people do not want this war. Even those who are feeding or being fed with propaganda. Um, I know few Russian people who are um, not necessarily pro-Ukraine, but they are not pro-war. Mm. Uh, partially is because the information that is being fed through the, through, through the state television, state media, you have to understand is that Russia does not have a free media. Mm. Uh, media is owned by the state. And right now they just released, uh, Mr. Putin just signed a law that if you express views or um, perspective that is not in line with the state, then you will be fined. If I'm not mistaken, and Pastor Henry can correct me, I think up to 15 years. And so yeah. I saw one news media, a, a person, they just shut it down the same day because they just don't want to go to jail for 15 years. So uh, some of my Ukrainian pastors who are calling out Russian pastors for not speaking out against war, like some people don't understand also the, the price that people will pay for simply standing with a sign, no war. You you will go literally to jail and you may face jail for up to five to 10 years uh, for just standing with a sign. And so a lot of people are praying, a lot of people are fasting and nobody wants this war. Uh, this war is hurting Russian people because of the sanctions. This war is killing innocent people um, in Ukraine. There's a lot of lies that are, that this war really is based on lies. And the lies are that Ukrainian people need to be rescued that Ukrainian people is being are being harassed by the fascists and they're being harassed by the Nazis, that the president is um, creating a genocide for Ukrainian people. And uh, they were sent this, um, this truth to the troops that we need to go rescue Ukraine from these monsters. And troops were surprised to come and find out that Ukrainian people are armed they're not wanting rescue. And if you know they wanted rescue, they would run to Russia. But everybody's running to Poland, not to Russia. And the president of Ukraine is a Jew. He's not a Nazi. And so there's a lot of just a lot of propaganda that is that is going on. And I believe a lot of it is spiritual. Um, there's a lot of spiritual components uh, that are involved in it because the devil, it's, it's like the story of the first murder in the Bible. It was two brothers and one brother killed another one. It's exactly what's taking place right now. These are like two brothers, uh, part of the same family, the Slavic family, I would say. And, and one is coming against another one and wants to completely, uh, completely remove any mention, any notion of Ukrainian people are hungry people for God. I love Russian people. Don't get me wrong. My wife is Russian. And this may come as a shock to some people that my wife is the one right now on the border of Poland. Wow. helping the Ukrainian refugees. And so we don't want this war. We want, you know, peace to come to this place. And at the same time, we're praying, wearing a, a fasting shirt. We're just right now on a three-day fast as well as a church and really believing that spiritually we can help as well by praying and fasting and as well as raising funds and uh, connecting with different ministries and Pastor Henry's ministry. And I think about 15 or, or 18 different ministries that are supporting uh, that, that cause. And so it's been honestly last two weeks, and this is not even coming close to what 
Pastor Henry and so many pastors there on the ground. But a lot of us here, we barely slept in the last few weeks trying to stay stay uh, in touch with people because um, I have also cousins that are in the western part of Ukraine, connect with different ministries, how we can help, what we can provide. We have local hospitals that started to donate medical equipment. So we took some of that stuff with us. We're trying to organize containers now that we can ship from the United States. And so it honestly, honestly, it's been a very crazy, but I can only imagine what people are going through. It's, it's really heartbreaking. And this stuff is not fake. Uh, this is not a media propaganda uh, right now, what's of what's happening there? There's a real war. There's real pain. There's real suffering, and and this is really, really bad. Yeah, it's unfathomable what we're seeing happen. And tonight, I should have said this earlier, but it's okay. Zero tolerance, guys, for those of you that are trolling, that are saying things that are just wrong. So we're banning people permanently. Don't ask to get unbanned because we just won't tolerate. There's people being mistreated, people being killed, running for their lives. Vlad's wife got on a plane on Tuesday, was it? Or no, no, yesterday or Sunday? Uh, uh, Sunday, Sunday. On Sunday, and she's on the border right now. Guys, trying to help refugees, trying to help people. And Vlad, how much have you guys raised, Vlad, for your relief fund so far to this so day? So we've raised already over $300,000, and we have sent pretty much almost all of it. The challenge with, with funds, and Pastor Henry explained it really well, is that in some of the places, there's actually no food to buy. Mm. So if you send funds right now to, let's say, to Kiev, a lot of times there's no food that they can buy. And so we've been actually supporting quite a few of the Western Ukraine in Rivne, in Lviv, and in Lutsk so that they can buy containers, as well as uh, ministries that are right now, that are trying to evacuate. There are people that are driving back and forth uh, pretty much day and night evacuating people and we just purchased uh, today a one more bulletproof van and the reason why we were buying bulletproof vans is because as pastor henry mentioned um so these guys are evacuating uh, children uh, moms and and women and um they get shot at and so they just everybody dies in the van including the driver and so so we have to now we bought one van in the poland today and then we bought another one that will be driving back and forth that's bulletproof and so that's how severe and how dangerous this place is we're also supporting uh, a few ministries in romania and as well as one ministry in moldova and so and each moment honestly every 30 40 minutes somebody sends me a contact and so i have a team that kind of does a lot of vetting of the ministries I don't know personally, um, so that we don't just send money, uh, you know, and send resources, but that we, we can ask also confirmation of what they're doing. So we're doing some vetting as well and really helping. I really feel like my, uh, the best I can contribute to this as well is to organize people to pray and fast and to, and to also raise resources and to send 100% of them uh, overseas. So good. And that's something that I told Vlad a couple of days ago. I'm like, man, I want to be on the ground. But for me, where I'm at in my life right now, the best thing I can do with the platform God has given me, you know, guys, we're reaching about 3 million people a week. I want to get the word out. I want to get help. And so this is tonight why we're doing this. We're doing this to raise awareness on what's going on. We're doing this to raise finances. And don't worry, if you give to this fund, 100% is going to a ministry that's helping people. So you don't have to stress out about where your money's going. Pastor Henry, I wanted to ask you, how are the churches doing in Ukraine right now? How's the spirits of the pastors, the leaders? Um, how's your guys' churches doing? I know, obviously, it's a time of war. Would you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the churches and, and some of the pastors that you know? Yeah, and uh, it depends on the region of Ukraine. Mm. Today, I was speaking to our pastors in Mariupol. Mariupol right now is surrounded and under bombardment. And the pastors have to evacuate. My pastor from Mariupol, he's evacuating because he took out all the whole church. Everybody has left. Huh. 
And so he's evacuating the last. Because the, if you stay there, it's sure death because uh, they don't discriminate whom to shoot, whom not to shoot. Uh, in Sumi, people are in dire need. Our pastors in Kherson, there's no light. There was no electricity for a few days. And right now, I think Kherson is the only major city where the Russians took over. So, and they're in dire situation. In Kiev, most of the big pastors that I know, they're either in Kiev or they've gone to Western Ukraine. Now in Kiev at the moment, we, most of the churches are not holding church services. Mm -hmm. And depending on the location, like where our building is, is not very far from uh, the, it's not far from where Butcher is where the fighting has been going on. So we cannot hold live services. So I was doing a recording last night for our service that's coming on Wednesday. And there was these explosions coming out, coming in not very far from our church building. Wow. And it's in the video. So it's like the people listen to the message and they will hear these big explosions. And right now, while we were talking, there has been sirens behind me, which means there's either it's an, a Russian airplane coming in or maybe some missile somewhere. And so every night, it's about three, four, five times you hear these sirens in this place where I am. So the pastors, some, most of them are in Western Ukraine right now, uh, and a few maybe have crossed the border, but most of them, they have stayed put in their places. And that's very sacrificial. And I, I really honor the pastors the bishops of all kinds of denominations, they stayed in Kiev. The main bishops that I know, they are all here in Kiev. And their decision is, we'll be here, what happens, happens. We, want, we don't know what's going to happen. If the Russian soldiers come into Kiev, what are they going to do? We have no idea, but everybody's here. And we also made a decision, if the main guys, spiritual guys stay in place spiritually, you know, these are the gatekeepers. So if the gatekeepers are in place, there's a bigger chance of winning this war and this thing ending so less people die. So we are here, we are fasting and praying. I've never seen the Ukrainian church so united. Mm. I mean, different denominations that never sit down together. Mm -hmm. We are all fasting and praying together. The main bishops, we actually came together to pray a few days ago wow. and we were praying together for a few hours. So even the Catholics are coming in to pray uh -huh. and fasting. So there's so much unity in the country at the moment and people are fasting and praying wherever they are. Prayer is going 24 seven everywhere. And we believe this thing is going to, there've been so many miraculous, supernatural, Come on. Uh, help of God for the soldiers, actually. There were so many testimonies coming in from the front line, mm -hmm. soldiers who were surely going to die. And for some reason, the wind begins to blow. Mm -hmm. I mean, some storm comes up and they are protected and they get away. So wow. there have been so, so much supernatural intervention that is mm -hmm. coming on. And we'll know more after the war. But there's been so much prayer all over the world. And the good news is God is actually answering those prayers. Come on. Ukraine would not be able to stand the way it's standing now if it wasn't for those prayers. 
That's so good. And I was thinking about in Daniel chapter 10, when Daniel's praying for his nation, that's, that was in bondage, you know, that was coming under the captivity mm-hmm. of the Babylonians. And the angel comes to Daniel and says, Daniel, as you've been praying, we've been going to war in the spiritual realm. I've been fighting the Prince of Persia, which was obviously, mm-hmm. you know, this high ranking principality. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a real spiritual battle. Not only in the natural realm is there a war going on, but as you know, pastor, I believe there there's a war going mm-hmm. on in the spiritual realm and even more effective than weapons. Weapons and arms are spiritual weapons. The Bible says, guys, that our weapons are not carnal, mm-hmm. but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds that God has given us, spiritual weapons, spiritual power. And so, Pastor, would you maybe give me your insight on the spiritual perspective of it? I mean, the there's obviously a war going on in the spiritual realm right now. There's a battle going on in the heavenly realm. What do you feel about this? This is, you know, so demonic to me in nature, this whole war. It's death. It's, it's just pain. It's suffering. What some of the spiritual things that maybe God has shown you or you're seeing in this war that's just that's happening right now? Uh, I mentioned that when I started my ministry, it was mainly in deliverance, which was a one 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 on one thing. You know, you mm-hmm. pray for one person and the spirit comes out. Mm-hmm. And what the Lord has done was teach me to move from the deliverance of one person and see the same thing on a city level national level, mm-hmm. continental level. The spirits may be different, like the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, that our war is not against flesh and blood. So it's not flesh and blood. And the Bible says we have overcome because more are with us than mm-hmm. with them. In other words, the deciding factor was not the soldiers on the grounds, but who was with the soldiers. Come that on. was the deciding factor. And it happens that on the earth, the church normally is the minority, so to speak. But Mm -hmm. in the spirit, Mm -hmm. we have the majority on our side. So that's why I say life has a very big spiritual aspect. If you look in the Bible, Jesus comes to a woman who was sick for 18 years. And he says she was bound by a spirit. Mm -hmm. This is one woman. And the same spirits and other spirits can bind a whole city, mm-hmm. a whole nation, and bring a mindset that pushes people into war. And then wow. you come to the, to the things like the Bible does say uh, to the Christians that we should get rid of uh, the old self, including hatred, mm. anger, and all this stuff. Why do we need to do that? Because things like hatred... That's the basis that the devil uses right, right now. President Putin, he hates. If you mention the word Ukraine, it's so hateful for him. So every, an individual hates someone. And on that hate, he, the devil builds a war. Mm. Hitler was hating the Jews and the devil built the war against the Jews. So in other words, that's why when we preach the Bible and all these little things, they look harmless, you know, like hatred, like all this stuff. But in reality, that's what the devil builds on. And also, I was preaching one time just recently. The reason why the devil used Judah, Judas Iscariot, was because of the inclinations that Judas had inside. Wow. And the devil capitalized on that. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to steal money from the bank and... I mean, so he would give, and he was a liar. 
He'll give this facade. Why are we wasting money? Let's help the poor. If people were going to vote, who was the best guy in the room? It was Judas, not Jesus. Because he was, he was fighting for the poor. But in reality, he was manipulating everybody in the room. Mm. So he gave room for the devil to come and rest on him and use him. So this war and any other war or any other devilish evil big things that people do, they give place to the devil. And the devil comes in because of the inclinations that they have inside. And if you are a little nobody, the effects of that are very small. But if you're Hitler, the effects are big. And if you're President Putin, the effects are even bigger. So we, that's why that's where the spiritual aspect comes in. So when we pray, we have authority in the spirit. Come on. We don't have much authority on the guns, but mm. we can affect things in the spirit. And once we affect things in the spirit, it may take a little while, like the Bible says, if you suffered a little bit, but God will come in and restore you. In other words, we pray, we bind things, we come break on. the power of the devil, we fight mm. against these spiritual principalities, mm. then eventually it will trickle down and make its way to the physical life we have on earth. Because life is very spiritual and everything we do on earth is, has a, a spiritual component and is directed somehow from the spiritual realm. So Christians should not be afraid of praying. That's the most important thing. That, mm. that will paralyze the powers of the devil and the plans of the enemy. And eventually, this will show in the physical realm. So, so good. Mm. I wanted to ask you, Pastor Henry, wow, this is all just incredible, incredible information and revelation. Um, how could Christians like us in the West help? I'm, I'm like... I feel, you know, anxious at times because I'm doing these live streams. I'm traveling. I was just in Arizona preaching. I'm going to my church. I'm preaching on Sunday. I'm with my family here in my home. And I feel almost a sense of guilt. Like I'm over here. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful for what God has done in my life and God is doing. But then there's a broken part of me that says, man, God, I know you're a God of justice. You're a God of righteousness. You're a God that says we need to step up and help the oppressed and the poor. Outside of, I know, of course, giving and all this stuff helps. But what could we do? What could we target and Prayer, what would you want to say to Christians in the West and around the world that are watching this tonight about what's happening in Ukraine that maybe they don't know or haven't heard? Maybe give us some guidance on stuff we could pray for you guys, specifically in Ukraine. You know, what could we do? I think this war is going to have phases. Now, the original phase was the, the very beginning of the war and with so many refugees. And mm. that's why people now are running to help the refugees. But this is phase number one. Wow. And so everybody's running around refugees, which is so important, but that's phase number one. Phase number two, what there are so many family splits. You know, you have a mother and children going to Europe and their husband is here. And from the history of wars, they say 20 to 30% of these families may never come together again. And that's a big prayer point because those families may be split forever. So in other words, as pastors, we know that. And now we are working very hard to make sure we locate every mother, every child to make sure when this thing is over, 
somehow we help them to come back so we don't have a situation where there's a massive split of families. Number two, the restructuring, because we need to pray for restoration. Mm. Because when this thing is over, so many, so much has been destroyed. In some cities, people have no place to go back to. A young guy from our worship team, he was watching on the news. His house, his building, a high-rise building, was hit by a rocket and destroyed. Wow. And he was watching it on the news. He was weeping with his wife. Now, if you tell him to come back to give, he has no way to come back to. In other words, we need to pray that when this thing is over, the restoration process will be good. And one very important thing, the protection of the churches. Mm. There have been two churches that I know of that have been burned down. Rockets came into the church buildings. And we are praying that God protects the church buildings in Ukraine. So they are not destroyed and they are not burned down. That's a very important issue. And for the pastors, some of them will be targets for the Russians. If ever the Russians take over Ukraine, many influential men and women may either be arrested, silenced, or something happens to them. So we need to pray for the protection of the pastors. And, because, and also for President Zelensky, you know, there are so many people who didn't like him before this. Uh, but I think this is the moment why he was elected president. Yeah. The other issues, he wasn't doing it too good. But this particular one, that's his moment. And we need mm -hmm. to pray for his protection. We need to pray that he has an encounter with Jesus. He's getting closer and closer because he wasn't too much into uh, like Jesus or the Bible so much. But now he's getting closer and closer and closer. We want him to get an encounter with Jesus so Jesus may become his Lord and Savior. Because it's only Jesus who will save Ukraine. Because in Ukraine, people have this, they say this, uh, when they meet to make sure you are Ukrainian, they said Slava Ukraini, which means glory to Ukraine. Mm. So we want that changed. We don't want glory to ukraine we want glory to come jesus on. glory oh, to come god on. come on so that needs to change because that's idolatry to some point mm -hmm. and it may eventually spoil the whole thing mm -hmm. so and also there's so much i mean people have been using so much foul language in ukraine recently it's so big mm -hmm. uh and the bible does say we should not allow foul language from us come on. so it's like the whole nation is into foul language and that too needs to be cleansed. We are, we are praying and thinking of how can we approach this to ask the government to remove that foul language. It's just too much everywhere. Mm -hmm. So wow. if you can pray for us in that direction, that would be so helpful. And that would give a lot of help to people. Pastor Henry, you have been such a major blessing to us tonight. Guys, if you don't know, it is almost 5, well, it is 5 a.m. now for Pastor Henry. He got up at probably 3 in the morning, 3.30 to get ready for this call. Pastor Henry, just before we get you off here, again, I want to say we value you. I'm going to send you a love offering as well tomorrow. I'm going to go to the bank. Um, what is your plan? I guess the last question I would have for you is what is your plan going forward? Are you staying in Kiev? Do you have plans to move somewhere else? What is your plan for the coming days ahead? I know it's changing rapidly, but what do you, what do you feel is going to be... What what your plan is going to be well in Kiev, things are changing rapidly but my plan is not changing at all mm. <laughs> i'm staying in kiev i'm planning to be here uh, people have called me from all over the world i mean they're telling me pastor henry please 
Can you leave? Can we, we can help you evacuate? No, I think I'm staying here. I sent my family to Western Ukraine and in Uzgur, they are safe, but I'm here in Kiev. Was, the bigger part of the church is still in Kiev. I cannot wow. leave them behind. Number two, we need to set up strategic points to help the people. And I have to be around and to be praying and fasting here in Kiev. That's very important. So I'll be here and I'm going to stay here and I'll be here. <laughs> That's the whole plan. <laughs> wow. Pastor, I don't know, Vlad, if you want any closing thoughts here. I want to keep you on, Vlad, because I want to talk a little bit mm -hmm. about your fund after. But Pastor, thank you so much for being on. Our Pastor, I just want you to know our platform is open to you at any time. Anytime you want to come on and share, uh, preach, whatever we can do, we're here to help you, whatever you need. I'm going to, if you don't mind, text you later. Vlad gave me your contact. But man, Pastor Henry, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you so much for what you're doing on the ground there, you know, from the U.S to you. We just want to say we love you. We appreciate you that you are a legend and a general in the kingdom of God. And we honor you um, for what you're doing and for what God is doing through you tonight. Thank you very much, Isaiah. And I'm so thankful. Thank you, Pastor Vlad. And thank you for this privilege. And thank you to everybody who's watching. God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Henry. You have a great night. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Vlad, I wanted you to talk a little bit about the fund and about the fundraising because guys, again, I shared in the beginning, my wife and I are going to be giving $5,000 from our savings. We're the first one that's going to be giving tonight. And I want to challenge all of our viewers to give 100% every dime is going towards helping refugees and helping those in Ukraine. Some of you keep spamming. Well, how are you guys going to get food if the supp supply chains are closed? Vlad has mm -hmm. already talked about that. But Vlad, for those that are just jumping in, there's about 4,000 watching. What are some things you guys are buying? What what are some things you guys are seeing? We have a video we're going to play here in a second of testimonies of some of the ministries that are being helped. But tell us again, Vlad, about vans, bulletproof vans, some of the stuff for those that are just jumping in that you guys are using the money that we're sending um, on. So um, first of all, those of you who know my ministry, you know one thing is that I, I give all of my content for free. I've been doing that for the last few years. So I have no desire to... Um, to you know to grow the ministry because of that and i wasn't even planning to do a fund the moment war broke out uh, some people reached out and they sent um and i think Isaiah, you were one of them reached yeah. out some finances and honestly that forced me to okay who do i know on the ground so i start going through my contacts and start reaching out one after another um then people start telling me like for example in kiev hey we're out of food we don't have any more food. So if you send funds, we can't buy food right now. We can only buy food maybe in a week or two weeks. And so um, we've pretty much supported, I think, three churches right now in Kiev. And so what are they doing is a lot of them still have some other, for example, they're getting a, a renting a place so that all the people who don't have houses can come and live. And mm -hmm. then we're, sen we're sending a, uh, a truck from another western part of ukraine to bring food to kiev as well as um there is a team that has built over and i have the statistic in front of me who has built over um 100 who have 50 government orphanages that they have started and what they're doing right now is we also send resources to them they're actually taking the kids out of the orphanages um out of there uh, we right now also helped with um awakening europe ministry with ben fitzgerald uh, with over uh, $30,000 and they have about 40 people. Uh, last week, I think up to 70 people on the border that crossed 
into Ukraine because there's a huge line of people waiting to get into Poland and they're feeding them and they're preaching the gospel. Like my goal is to make sure to only work with people who are also preaching the gospel because mm. if people are just clothing and Come feeding, um, it's good. But if they're not talking about Jesus, because ultimately, you know, for some of these people, this may sound tragic, but for some of these people, there's a chance that they might not make it. Yeah. Uh, two, two, three more weeks, um, they might get they might get killed. And so if they don't know Jesus, that's the most important miracle because we're not just a social um, a social ministry. We are a gospel of ministry. And Come so on. there's a church, uh, the Church of Christ in Poland right now that our team is partnering with. So we just bought them a van. So they have two vans. One of them broke down before our team came. So they drive three hours one way to the border. They wait for the trains to bring the refugees they take them on the bus and then they take them three hours to their church they have pretty much used every square inch of their church to house people in that so people are sleeping there people are uh, having church there people are being fed there and so we've sent a large sum of money to this church as well and our team is on the ground right now pretty much watching the operation buying some more things we brought medical equipment as well from the United States. Um, we also have set up stations in Rivne and Lviv. And for those of you who don't know the Ukraine map, it's the western part of Ukraine where Pastor Henry mentioned everybody's fleeing into. And so I think we've sent over $30,000 there to different ministries that we already know for last decade uh, who are faithful who are responsible and who are sending us footage they're loading truckloads of food uh, as well as um, there's a ministry in Romania right now that the pastor pretty much drives every day and takes refugees to his church and so we send some finances there as well so that he can pay for fuel because the fuel is going through the roof right now it's crazy how expensive the fuel is and it's affecting those people as well um with ben Fitzgerald's ministry awakening europe we just uh, our team just dropped off money to buy the bulletproof van that will drive into ukraine and this is not for the show this is for protection so that the people they're bringing are not being destroyed and killed. There's also Moldova in Moldova, the bishop with 400 churches, there is, there is hosting refugees. So we're also in partnership with them financially, as well as in Odessa, as well as there's a gentleman whose wife and their missionary couple. I know their nephew, a youth pastor in Massachusetts area. And so, and I saw the similar last name. I didn't connect the dots and I spoke for this youth pastor before. So he just texted me before the stream and he's like, thank you for supporting my uncle. So the guy by himself literally used up all the money that he had as a missionary and had no money to buy gas to bring refugees. He would take five, six hours to drive into the deep of war and come back and bring refugees. But the problem is that his van was empty going back. And he's like, I want to load it with food. I want to load it with groceries. But he's like, I don't have any money to buy for even fuel. And so we wired him $10,000 and then we're going to send more. As the more finances come in, the moment we see our team meets these people that are in Poland, which is another reason why they went there, is to actually see these people that we're supporting also what is being done, meet them face to face and bring also some finances. Then we're going to be continuing to support it because it's not going to end today or tomorrow. We want to actually build a place in Poland where people from America can come and help refugees like, um, like an Airbnb. 
where people can come and help there. And we also want to develop right now, we're working on developing some kind of a system where people who want to support refugee families from the United States directly, or they want to keep in contact with these families that we can create some kind of a system. So our team is on the ground studying the, the whole situation and figuring everything out. And so 100% of all the donations are going to be sent in there. Um, and we're vetting these teams and these nonprofits. Uh, mainly they are pastors or evangelists that we have worked with and they're very respectable, very trustworthy. A lot of them, they sat in jail for the cause of Christ during communism. So that this is not, they didn't start the ministry yesterday. Like Pastor Henry, he's been there since uh, 1986, pretty much the year I was born, he was already wow. ministering in Ukraine. And so we also sent 10,000 to Pastor Henry's ministry. And after this live stream, we're going to send another uh probably 10 or even 20 uh, because they're helping in Western Ukraine and also helping in Kiev. And so it's a lot of work on our end. I have quite a few volunteers day and night trying to figure out the banking accounts and vetting and getting footage as well so that we can stay accountable. So we sent email once a week with updates on where the money went, uh, showing photos and all of this stuff, because I want to be also very transparent, very accountable. And so that people on the ground can also feel a part of what is happening there. So good. And I want to say for some of you, you say, man, it's the least I can do, but it's also the most you can do. For some of you yeah. that are working jobs here in the U.S., you can't get on a plane and go on the border and help, but you can send your finances, which is what me and my wife are doing. We're going to continue to do. This will not be the only time we give. We gave before. We're going to give again, and we're going to keep giving on a regular basis. So we are challenging you guys to do that. I'm going to share a video with you guys as well. I want to give you guys one verse to think about in 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. And guys, listen to what this says here. This should bring conviction to all of us. But if anyone has the world's goods, okay? Think about what he's saying. If anyone has the world's goods and sees a brother who is in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? So John is asking us this question. How do you have money? How do you have resources? You see a brother in need and you close your heart. How does God's love abide in you? And then he says this, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Here's what John is saying. It's not enough that we just say, oh, we're Christian. It's not enough that we say, oh, we, we help people, we wanna help. But John says, how could you have the world's goods, see somebody in need, not help them, and then say you have the love of God? He says, no, don't just love in word and talk. We're not just having a podcast for an hour just so we can talk because we're bored. He goes, no, actually love in deed and in truth. So actually do something. And thankfully, you know, honestly for us, it's easy that we can just give to Vlad's fund and they're working all the finances out. You don't have to even worry. You can literally just give and they're working the finances out. And if you know me or Vlad, we never get on here and say, we need to raise money. We need you guys to give. We always say every stream, if you want to give, you can. It's not required. But I'm asking you guys tonight to go over and above to sow into this because it's a real thing happening. I've been banning people all night long because people are ignorant. They really believe that nothing's going on. This is all made up. And that is like, I wouldn't even go into that because I'll just start ranting here and get in the flesh. But it's it's delusion and beyond delusion to think that this is all made up and nothing's really happening. We are tonight had a pastor on that's in Kiev. And as he's on our live, there's sirens going on out his window. As he's on our live, there's sirens going on because there's a Russian plane flying by or there's, you know, raids going on. And he just said he was filming his sermon for Wednesday and there's bombs going off as he's filming his Wednesday sermon. So guys, we really need to wake up in these last days. Like there, this is no joke. This is no game. This is the largest humanitarian crisis since World War II. And it's actually out, it's outweighing that now with 2 million 
as of today, 2 million refugees. These are real people. And Vlad just said, they're buying church vans that are bulletproof. Like, just think about that for a second. Let that sober you up. Mm -hmm. Bulletproof church vans, because these guys are driving all night long, all day, picking up people in Ukraine, driving back, sleeping in their car, and then driving all night again. And they're doing this back and forth. And so again, guys, it's unfathomable. It, it, it's uh, it's beyond my comprehension, beyond my understanding that there's real people right now going through this, but I can't sit by and just act like this is not happening and just continue on with our podcast and our live streaming and all the stuff we do. This is major. It's not minor. It's major. And we need to take a part. So I want to do this. I want to roll a six minute video um, of some of the stuff that they're giving to some of the stuff they're helping some pictures from on the ground here and then we'll jump back on for another two three minutes before we end so everybody just pay attention to the screen here and just watch this video real quick thank you every person who has donated toward ukraine fund we see in the book of acts chapter 11 verse 29 and 30 it says then the disciples each according to his ability determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in judea this they also did and sent to the elders by the hands of barnabas and saul and that's exactly what we're doing we're seeing the need and we're meeting that need by giving according to our ability here at vladimir subject ministries we take an extra step make sure that all the donations will go to its rightful places we're doing a vetting and calling these ministries and nonprofits and these missions that are in Ukraine, Moldova and Poland and make sure that these funds are being spent for the purpose of Ukraine relief. We're also going there to bring the funds as well and to minister to local people there. Our trips, lodging and food is not being covered by this fund. We just wanted to let you know and be assured that we're going to do everything that we can make sure that people receive these resources. Thank you for trusting us and God bless you. Служение Hungry Generation, церковь. Я Рустам Фатулаев, старший пастор церкви Скини, глава совета церкви Скини. Просто благодарю вас искренне за поддержку и помощь, которую вы оказываете, материальную помощь, которую вы оказываете церкви. Наша церковь сейчас в ней находится более ста человек, проживает матери с детьми. Как бы мы поддерживаем, кормим, все делаем, чтобы чтобы люди не оставались в нужде. Церковь сегодня занимается тем, чем и должна заниматься. Служит Богу и служит людям. Огромное еще раз спасибо. Очень любим вас. Молитесь о нас, потому что даже сейчас, когда я записываю это обращение, сейчас идет обстрел, и все мы прячемся в бомбоубежище. My name is Slavik Golovatyuk. I'm a founder of Solid Rock Mission and I, we have been working in Ukraine for the last 10 years. I just want to say a special thank you message to Vladimir Savchuk's ministry that contributed $10,000 uh, in support to Ukraine humanitarian aid. Uh, we are able to pay for medical supplies, we are able to pay for food, uh, assisting families to move and relocate as they go as refugees uh, those who lost their homes those that have no food our missionaries are distributing food distributing uh, assistance uh, driving people to uh, to homes and to shelters uh, and also providing medical assistance to the hospitals so I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart it's such a privilege to partner with you uh, we're also assisting people in Poland on the side of Ukraine and on the Poland border and in Romania so we just want to thank you for your support we thank you for your blessing and thank you for your partnership of this Hello. my name is Vera Fedorczyk my husband and I have had a privilege of leading Agape International Ministries since 2004 
helping orphans in Ukraine in the government-run orphanages. Our main vision and goal was to bring the Word of God to these children. We would love to thank Vladimir Savchuk Ministries for a generous donation of $10,000 towards Agape. This money will greatly help us to continue taking care of the orphans during this difficult time of war. Thank you so much to all of those who donated towards this ministry. This money is helping a lot. Please continue to pray for the people of Ukraine, for their emotional and physical health, and God bless. Hey guys, my name is Ben Fitzgerald. We're here at the border of Ukraine and Poland with Awakening Europe. We've got a team here. Many, many other people have joined us from other ministries around the world. It's been amazing, phenomenal. And one ministry that supported us has been you guys, Hungry Jen and Vlad Savchuk. Thank you so, so deeply, my friend, and for all of you who've given, because we are literally seeing lives transformed here. We had huge favor with the government today with the border crossing. We can go into the Ukraine right at the border and feed people, give them blankets and give them the gospel. And people weep when we just give them the track that says, Jesus, that says, fear not for I am with you. Love Jesus. You know, they weep as they read this and we're seeing people receive our King and be fed, sanitized and getting them to safe accommodation on the other side of the border in Europe in different places. So thank you. Keep donating, keep praying for us. It's so effective. Bless you guys. We'll give you more updates soon. Дуже дякуємо полякам і церкві Ласки Христа за допомогу для наших воєнних. Нас все відправляється в реальні місця в Київ, Харків, Суми і Житомир. Дуже вам вдячні. Приветствую вас. Особая благодарность Владимиру Савчуку и его команде, что помогает нам в это сложное время, и мы можем помогать людям. Greetings to everyone, and we have special thanks to Vladimir Savchuk for their help, and that we now can help these people in this country. Пусть Господь вас обильно благословит. Let the God bless you. Мы помогаем людям. We help people. Мы раздаем продуктовые пакеты. We give them food. Мы помогаем людям выехать за границу. Мы вместе одна команда. Пусть вас Господь благословит. All right, guys, so that's some of the people that are being helped, some of the ministries. Some of you guys recognize some of these ministries that Vlad's team is helping in the fund. And again, I want to remind you guys, Vlad didn't even think of or didn't um, plan to set up a fund. It kind of just happened. And so now they're able to funnel resources into places that desperately need help, um, specifically on the border of Ukraine, on the Polish border where Vlad's, some of his team is right now ministering. So I want to challenge you guys now. Guys, very, very, very important. Do not give to my PayPal. Do not give to my website. Do not give to my Venmo. If you do, I'll reroute it to Vlad, but please don't do that, okay? Please make sure you're giving on the link, pastorvlad.com.
org slash ukraine i have the link pinned in the comments i'm going to spam it again it's everywhere so guys it's not cash app it's not venmo it's not paypal now some of you're like well i already gave to your paypal don't worry i'm going to look at all my paypal tonight and make sure that i give that to this fund here so i'll i'll do that for you guys but please don't do that for tax purposes for uh financial integrity purposes it's not okay for you to give to me then me give there so please just give directly there again if you accidentally already gave on my paypal i'll route it to vlad it's no problem but going forward please make sure that you guys are giving on vlad's website to this um it's major again guys it's not minor it's not like a little thing it's a ma massive humanitarian crisis and the throne of god is justice and mercy justice and righteousness justice god is a god of justice so we need to make sure that we are also people of justice and we're helping those that are oppressed if you don't believe this go read your bible we have to help those that are oppressed those that are hurting in fact the bible says those that are hurting and um needy as if it was happening in your own body like feel the pain they're feeling in your own body those that are being oppressed and hurt so it's major vlad any closing words um before we jump off here tonight yeah i'm gonna read the verse in um in Acts chapter 12 and I really felt that um, you know before Apostle Paul was actually called after they fasted in Acts chapter 13 uh, the Bible says that um, actually it was Acts chapter 12 that they um, I can't find that okay right here Acts chapter 11 and it says this um, uh, verse 27 it says and in these days prophets came from jerusalem to antioch and then one of them named agabus stood up and showed by the spirit that there is going to be a great famine throughout the world which which happened also in the days of claudius caesar then the disciples each according to his ability determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in judea mm. this they did also and sent it to the elders by the hands of barnabas and saul and so honestly, Paul's first ministry was not just preaching the gospel. He was actually carrying the relief funds that were collected by believers in Antioch. Wow. Uh, it, this was Antioch. And based on the prophecy, there was no crisis yet. There was just a prophecy of the coming crisis. Mm. And, you know, they didn't just say, well, you know, like as long as the gospel is preached, people speak in tongues, get healed, that's fine. But disciples, they decided to each according to his ability. And so some of us, honestly, maybe we can't give at all. I just want to encourage you, just pray. Take a day tomorrow yeah. to fast. If you are able to give, give according to your ability. Don't give, you know, what you don't put it anything on the credit card but if god puts on your heart to give according to your ability and then what we're doing is that we're sending it to brethren dwelling right now in poland in moldova in those countries their people are fleeing as well as people in ukraine some of these people you have never met some of them you might never meet until we go to heaven uh, but honestly like I, I come from that country and this this is you know my people so it's a lot more dearer to me that's why i'm willing to go even you know, sleepless nights just to kind of make sure that it's all organized and everything is done properly. And then you're pretty much what we're doing is we're sending it by the hands of Vlad and his team. And for those of you who know my ministry, you know, one thing that in this area, I try to be as clean and as pure as I possibly can, sometimes even go an extra mile. Um, and so and I know this is huge for me because I've never asked for money. Um, so we kind of put it out there and we're going to give you updates weekly on what is being spent 
what we are what we are sending some needs we are facing so um, you can trust us and thank you for trusting us for that and i believe that we're going to help uh, the people who are refugees um, can this stop the war? Only God can stop the war. Um, can this bring salvation to people? This can help to open the door. And people who are bringing these help, they are preaching the gospel. That's one thing that I want you to be assured of. We're not sponsoring some other, I mean, honestly, God bless Red Cross and all of these places, but we're sending it through local churches who are handing out Bibles, who are preaching people, telling people about Jesus Christ. Like our team today, we're praying for the sick on the streets. Uh, on. They went, the refugees that came in, they were preaching the gospel to these refugees. And so, and the teams that we're working with. So I just want to say thank you guys for letting us do that. And thank you for uh, praying and caring for this. I understand not every war, not every problem, we can always go in, but there are those where God moves upon your heart and that information comes in front of you that you have to react. And if God puts on your heart to do that, uh, make sure you do that. If you don't and you feel, believe all of this propaganda that all, all of this is fake, hey, could you at least pray? Could you yeah. at least pray? And so don't give, but just pray at least. Do something so that we can see peace and we can see the stopping of the bloodshed. So good. And this is, you know, for us in two years of streaming, this is our first time ever doing a charity stream where we're asking you guys to give to a, and it's, I say charity, but to this fund that's helping. And I, I told you, Vlad, I have such a special burden. My wife knows this, know. you guys know this for the situation. I'm heart sick about this whole thing. I know I'm guys, like, Isaiah, get on a plane, Isaiah, man. Isaiah almost went to Poland, <laughs> man. I'm just like, I'm, Isaiah I'm just almost burdened. Went to Poland, I'm burdened, his man. wife, his wife held him back and well, and I my mean, family I, and, and uh, my own, uh, my own prayer of saying, okay, Lord, yeah. is this the yeah, right you move? Need, and you I, need I didn't to, feel it was at the season. Yeah, I didn't feel it was yeah. the right move at the season. Vlad was like, I think you can do more from where you're at than if you went. So yeah. we prayed about it, we talked about it, and we felt like this was the right thing to do was stay home. But I'm the guy that's like, let's go, let's do something. But we could send our finances, guys. We could use our yeah. platform to help people, and that's what we're doing here tonight. So again, the link is taking time to load because there's a couple thousand people clicking it. So guys, just let it load. It's normal. We're probably overbearing the server by a lot of you are saying it's finally going through now, but it's just because there's a lot of people clicking it. So just be patient with it. Again, don't go on Venmo or what. Go through this link. It really does help. Um, I think that's all we have, guys. I want to challenge you guys to give. I'm not going to do an after show where I talk and hang out and read donations. None of that. I want this to be just about Ukraine tonight and about this crisis. We have a lot of great stuff coming up. I'll be live Friday night. Vlad, will you be live? Thursday this week uh, yeah yeah I'll be live Thursday and I might actually have somebody from from the ground um, already because we were planning to guys we were planning to bring our team live today and they actually already were willing to stay they came to the room around 1 1 30 a.m so they were willing to stay live pretty much stay awake till 3 a.m to be live but but today they went to the border excuse me <coughs> excuse me they, they went to the border to pick up refugees but the train didn't come so they came back. And so, I mean, they, they met other refugees and everything. So they didn't have necessarily like a lot of story to share from today. And so I just told them honestly to go to sleep because I knew Pastor Henry's uh, story is going to be so powerful and impactful. So I think on Thursday, I'm going to have my wife and a few other people just to kind of share. Uh, but I'm going to talk about principalities. Awesome. So Thursday, Vlad will be live. I'll be live Friday. Uh, someone said, who's Isaiah? Does he have a channel? Yes. My name is Isaiah Saldivar. Um, I have a channel. My name's on screen and you can find me, whatever. doesn't matter. Just search Isaiah on YouTube. And then Vlad's link is also, I don't know. Did I put the links? I think I just put the links to this down below, but um, oh yeah, Vlad's I, link I is there think, as well. I think they crashed the website. 
but the website will, will reload. Let him just, uh, for those of you, just uh, if, if the website is not loading, just, just wait for, uh, for a few minutes. It will reload. Yeah, I'm trying it as well to see. I think it's just because so many people are clicking on it. I mean, that's a good thing. That's a good yeah. thing, right? Um, so, yes. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to sign off here. We love you guys. I'll be live Friday. Vlad will be live Thursday. And we'll be definitely doing more stuff together. We'll keep you guys posted. And we'll possibly post how much we raised tonight if we can get that exact number in the next day or whatever. We'll do that. But love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Continue to give. The link's there. We will see you guys soon. God bless. Thank you. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.